1: G'day and welcome back to the Farms Advice Podcast. Fantastic to have you along tuning in for today's episode. The episode of today we dive straight back in to beyond the tax return with the team at byfields business advisors over in wa a fantastic series that we put together with the team at Byfield's to bring you the knowledge to improve your farm lift your efficiencies and also increase your productivity now for today's episode we have ryan norton coming in as a director of their northam office Over in WA, we'll be discussing estate planning and how that works in to Australian agriculture and how you can start to get on the front foot today. This episode is intended for general advice only, as we do not know your individual circumstances on farm. Please contact your accountants to know more about your estate planning as an individual. Let's waste no more time and get on with the show. Ryan, how are you going, mate?
0: Yeah, good. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me, mate.
1: It's beautiful to have you on. You're the third one to come on and hopefully you can beat the other ones for the listens in the office (laughs) to spike it up. I'll give
0: give it a crack, mate, and see what we can do. Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, great to have you on today. What are we talking about today so farmers can get a handle on another topic from
0: Byfields? Yeah, mate. Um, So I'll be having a quick chat basically about estate planning. So uh, your wills, your trust deeds, all that sort of stuff and how that can affect you and your assets when you're leaving it to the next generation and how to go about it. So we'll get into a bit of that, what to look out for and um, you know the uh, the dangers of not doing it right, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's quite a big topic, um, probably a topic a lot of farmers do put to the side and hopefully they'll sort it out later. But let's get on with the show and see... What your background is and where you come from
0: yeah mate for sure so um i'm uh basically i grew up in a, i grew up as a minor son to be honest yep. i um i was born in darwin me uh, my old man moved around a bit um grew up in telfer which is um basically in the middle of the sandy desert um back fence jumped onto the spin effects it was basically that was it uh and then when I was about 12, we bought a farm in Northern and um, grew up there ever since, effectively. So I'm out there now. I've got um, got a missus and three kids. We've got, a you know, three, four hundred acres that backs onto my old man's place. And um, yeah, just enjoying it effectively. Got the motorbikes, got the horses, got the kids. They're just uh, enjoying the lifestyle for sure.
1: Absolutely. Living the dream, working at Byfields and also yeah. having your own little piece of dirt to go along
0: with it. Yeah. Yep. Nah, that's it, mate. The uh, Unfortunately, the farm wasn't quite big enough for the two families. So we're uh, got to make a cross somehow. So that's how we've ended up at Byfields. And it's been great because I've been able to uh, basically live vicariously through a lot of other farmers and help them with their businesses at the same time. Yep. Yeah,
1: exactly. And a bit of a theme for the others that have joined us from Byfields. It's great to have that connection and you know what you're going on about, what the current markets is or the different environment impacts as well. So great to have you on we'll get into estate planning and what that means for farmers for today so estate planning what's it mean for a typical farmer in today's environment and how how do we how should we look at it
0: yeah mate i mean just just the word estate planning it's a pretty loaded question so i'll just just before i get into it i'll just probably make the point to the listeners i'm not a lawyer so you know i'm my purpose today is not to sort of give it straight out i'm just want to raise the um raise the points that you guys need to see and with some of these things the rules actually differ from state to state so they're they're um i'll probably be coming at it from a wa viewpoint because that's what i know um but yeah if something if something resonates make sure you check it out with uh with your local guys so estate planning, um, you know, what does it mean? It includes your wills, your structures, your tr- you know, is you, are you dealing with a trust, a company, shares, individual assets, jointly held assets? Um, you know, there's that many different structures involved and um, all of them effectively have a different way of passing it on to the next generation. So it's becoming more and more challenging for farmers to prepare, so to prepare their wills um you know it used to be fairly typical typically straightforward where you'd have um you know you'd have your you'd have your main farm you'd have your kids that are going on and the kids that are off farm you know you'd probably leave everything to each other after that you'd leave everything to uh sorry you'd leave the farming assets to the farming kids and um the off-farm assets to the to the other kids i think What's happening at the moment is the the wealth disparity between what's what the farming assets are versus the off-farm assets are are growing. and that's sort of forming a, a bit of a battleground between the siblings that are left to uh, remaining. Yep. Um, you know, people are living longer, so the older generation has to be taken care of for for a lot longer. You know people's expectations might be different. And really the family unit's a lot different than it was probably, you know, 10, 20 years ago where you've got a lot more blended families, step families, and it just adds a whole nother dimension to the whole dynamic. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think a big point there is setting the expectations of people within the family. You would have seen a fair bit of that, wouldn't you? And making sure
0: that those expectations are known. Oh, for sure, mate. If, you know, when we're talking about this stuff, you want to make sure that um, everyone is aware of what's going to happen well and truly before the event takes place. You don't want any surprises or anything like that. Cause that's where people mainly get their noses out of joint and um, you can, you know, they can do things like challenge wheels and all that sort of stuff, which gets messy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Who do you see most common that's trying to push for the estate planning? Should it be the younger generation or should it, the onus be with the farmer that's the owner manager?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, good question. Um, so it's, to be honest, it probably, it's, it's 50-50, to be honest with you there, Jack. Yeah. We have some where it's coming through from the younger generation and sometimes they go about it the right way, sometimes they don't, and the, the, um, the older guys can sort of get their noses out of joint and things can go pear-shaped. Uh, but some, some of the guys are very proactive, And are actually looking for something from the the younger generation and trying to, you know, set something up early so that they are well and truly aware of what's going to happen, um, you know, prior to any event.
1: Yeah, beautiful. And as you said before, disasters can happen within your estate planning uh, with the changing environment of how many assets and the different type of assets that farmers have these days. And then also the dynamics of families, And the blended families. How does a typical farmer prevent disasters from occurring or are they preventable?
0: Yep, yep. Good question, mate. Look, first of all, you've got to get back to basics. So, number one point, make sure you've got a valid will. Okay. So, that means your wishes, your current wishes and circumstances are up to date. Simple things like it's been witnessed correctly, signed with the same pen, you know, correct details and assets are in place. No. What where your assets are held? Because some of your assets will go via your will, some of your assets will be left outside your will and let and go a different way. So if you don't know that, you might be leaving something via your will that you think is going to happen, but in reality, uh, it's 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 basically not worth the piece of paper it's written on because it's that's not the way it works. Um, because if you don't have a will to start with, you know, dying intestate is a really um, it's a really bad process to go through Um, basically what happens in that situation uh, you have, you know, the person passes away, uh, the state arbitrators take it on. It goes to the, to the perpetual trustee and they effectively break up your assets via a predetermined formula. And um, during this process, the business that's left behind can be hamstrung and effectively frozen and yep. um uh, of course the assets might not go to where they were where they were meant to or where people were thinking
1: how yeah. often does does that happen
0: do you see that a fair bit oh, look it happens more often than it should yep. um it, it probably happens more often to people not in business because yep. uh, they don't have the advisors around them um, reminding them to go and check it out yep. uh it's, but in in our business we definitely make sure that's one of our annual or six monthly viewpoints that you you know, your wheels up to date and you know what's going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what about renewing your will? Things can change over the years for farmers. You bring in new assets or you reduce how many you have or your family breaks up and such and such. How often should you
0: relook at it? A decade or? Oh, yeah. oh, it's probably a bit too long, mate, to be honest at 10 yeah. years. <laughs> um there are a few things that um, automatically sort of void a will things like marriages and divorce can, can automatically void it. The one that's in place, (laughs) but for, for your stock standard, um, you know, families growing, circumstances are changing business, you know, assets moving here and there and things changing around. I'd say, yeah, every three to five years, just, it, it doesn't mean you have to change it. It just means you're having a look at it and making sure things are up to date. So yeah, I'd be reviewing that at least every three to five years, and making sure what you've written is um, is valid. Probably the other point is um, some people go a bit too far and try and, I suppose, rule from the grave. <laughs> if you if you know my meaning, so um, that can actually be um, counterintuitive because it puts too many restrictions on the um, on the generation left. So just keep it keep things fairly as simple as you can. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very that's a simple answer to a simple outcome. Hopefully that you can take something away from that um, just to simplify what you're going to be doing with your assets. But also communication is probably a huge key element into the whole process, right through families in farming um, from the next generation moving forward. And we're probably due to see a fair bit of this happening from the boomer generation passing down to what my generation is. Um, you'll probably have your work cut out for you there, Ryan,
0: for sure. Yeah, mate. No, that's that, That's for 100%. And, and as I was saying before, it's, um, it's important that every generation is taken care of and, you know, things are as fair as possible. So um, the, the earlier you can talk about it and the earlier you can plan for, uh, the better things are going to be at the end of the day. Yep, definitely.
1: Great wrap up there. For yourself at Byfields as an accountant and you talking us through estate planning, how do you feel, why are accountants like should be involved within the process of estate planning for farmers out there?
0: Yep. Why bother getting the accountant involved? Why not just go to the the lawyers? Um, Mainly because, um, well, we're usually the first point of call anyway. A lot of people don't have a... Um, relationship with a lawyer, I suppose. That's that's a continuous thing. They might use them as a once-off thing and then really don't know who to contact for this type of stuff. So we're probably usually the first point of call when it comes to, it. you know, referring, I suppose you could say, which lawyers are up to the task. Um, The other benefit is we generally know your structures inside out. We know um, we've been along for the ride. We know where your assets are held. We know, you know, any off farm issues. If there's any kids sort of hanging around off farm that you need to take care of as well, um, you know, we we've been involved the whole the whole long the whole way along. Um, whereas if you're bringing in the lawyer from the start, they might miss something from the start. Um, and there's things, as I was saying before, that are outside of your will um, that need to be taken into account at the same time. So you need to do it as part of um, as part of your whole estate planning uh, situation. Um, <clears> oh, <throat> if you don't mind Jack, I might give you a quick example. Um, yep. I, find, I find that war stories tend to work best and they sort of stick in your mind a bit better than um, just sort of the, uh, the general information. So if you can imagine, um, you've got two brothers farming together, all right? Um, they start out fairly young, they're looking to expand, they buy some land. They don't really know how they're going to buy it. So they just buy it in their individual names and they buy it in jo- as joint tenants. Okay. If something um, is purchased as a joint tenant, it means effectively that the survivor continues with the land and, and the person passing away effectively passes it on and it all happens outside of your will. So if you can imagine that, you know, 15 years on from purchasing, purchasing that land, both of them sort of have their own families they're going you know they're going back gangbusters and then one passes away effectively if that land is still as joint tenants the survivor will pick up the whole land and the family that's left behind basically won't get anything so it's it's that sort of thing where um uh it's 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 an unforeseen circumstance but (laughs) the the consequences are drastic and dramatic that you need to be aware of so I mean that's that's one sort of one that we talk about, and there's ways around that. I mean you can actually move from joint tenancy to tenants in common, or you know you might be able to get some life insurances in place that can cover the value of that land that's going to the surviving uh, brother. Yeah. Um, and that's my point my point being is that that would actually all be outside your will. The the, the 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 brother that died away may say in his will, I want to leave my land to my wife. It doesn't really matter because if it's held in joint tenants, it's not going to hit, hit his will in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one, um, trust deeds. So I'm not sure in New South Wales, but in WA, trusts are huge over here, right? Yeah. So we have a lot of land land held in um in trusts and that sort of thing. And it's important to know where uh, what positions you're holding. So I mean, as an example, um. Look, quick, tr- quick uh, trust 101. A trustee makes the day-to-day decisions of a trust and a pointer um, has the ability to decide who that trustee is, okay? So there are different positions that are in it. <laughs> now, let's say a farmer, he goes out, he sets up, he gets married, um, they set up a trust and within that trust, he leaves his wife as, a, um, as the backup appointer, okay? Things are going good until they're not. <laughs> uh, they get divorced, um, and unfortunately, it, the relationship breaks down. Now, let's say he continues farming, remarries five years later, has kids, builds a business up, things are going great for that business. If he then passes away and hasn't updated his trust deed, there's the potential for that original first wife to effectively be in the position of power. And, um, and she'll, she can effectively take on control of the business assets. So whatever's in that trust um which wouldn't have been his um wishes she would effectively step in make herself trustee or has the ability to make herself trustee and could you know take everything and leave the leave his secondary family with nothing so you know it's that sort of thing you got to know who's in these positions where are your assets held, held how are they held uh yeah. because the the outcome can be dramatic um,
1: absolutely and you don't want it to go a bit pear-shaped um and it can turn into disaster making it preventable um and knowing what's happening with your different setup for does it change much from like as a trust sole proprietor a company how does that all work tie in there as the like business structure
0: yeah for sure mate so so with um Anything held individually can, can generally be passed on via the will unless it's held jointly. So yeah. if you hold something together, you can either hold it jointly, which the survivor gets, or you hold it as tenants in common, which means you leave your share via share your will. Okay, So yeah. you can leave. If we own something together, we'd own it as tenants in common so I can leave my 50% share to my side of the family. And that would go via the will. Um, with the trust, you can actually have it outside of the will, And there's advantages to that because it means that it can't be challenged. So if you have a family situation where you're worried that someone's going to challenge your will instructions, you can actually structure things sometimes so that when the assets get passed on, it doesn't actually hit your will in the first place and you can pass it on that way. So with a trust, you can pass on those positions of power, either via your deed or via your will. You have the choice. Okay. Um company really comes down to your will to a degree um, where you can leave your shares um via your will. Yep. Or potentially you can look to do it a bit early before you pass away and, and just look into the the other situations around that, like capital gains tax, stamp duty and, and all those lovely things that come up when you're yep. selling shares. Yep. Yeah.
1: Great stuff. Um and also some good farm advice there what's how do you determine what you want on the will or you don't like when you said like it can be passed out of the will, what do you mean by that? And how does that work?
0: (coughs) Yeah, mate. Yep. So, um, all right. So generally what we do is we'd start with a big big list and just work out what are all your assets? Where are they held? Um, if they're in your individual name, we basically say, this one's going to be willed. This will form part of your estate. Uh, This one's held jointly so that, so let's say, you know, if you pass away, your wife might get it outside of your will potentially. Um, And then let's say these other assets are actually going to be held by your trust. So how do you then pass on the positions of power within that trust? So it comes down to everyone's situation being different and just working out how that's going to work out, how that's going to play out. If you go back another step, you probably want to start planning for this when you are actually buying the assets in the first place and making sure you're leaving yourself with enough flexibility to um, to sort of pass these things on before it comes to this sort of point. In a perfect world, that's what you'd do. But that's not the world we live in, Jack, unfortunately. There's uh, things we got to get around.
1: Absolutely not. You put it quite well there. It's not a perfect world <coughs> and we just got to look for those different sort of things your circumstance would be very individual to you as a listener um so go to the experts your own accountant um lawyers just to see what your own scenario is but i'm a young farmer i have very like simple affairs what do i do like do we need to start looking at setting up our own wool as of now like under 30 bracket or even 30 to
0: 40 oh for sure mate look um you know, you have your, um, I'm not sure about your situation, Jack, whether you've got kids or not. Um, no kids. No kids. Got no. a missus. Yeah. And no. a dog. Yep. And a dog. Oh, the dog. Got to take care of the dog. Yeah. Um, so you've got a couple of options. Like You've got your cheap options, which are yeah, you know your post office type scenario. You go down to post office and you fill out the wheel kit. That that has its time and place. I mean, if you're heading off to, um, say, you're going off on any, uh, a holiday or you know overseas or <laughs> coming to WA trying to get through our border or something yeah. like that, uh, you know you could be in a bit of danger there. So you know that's better than not having anything. But you know it's sort of the old saying: uh, a will to me is an insurance policy, and spending a little bit of money to get an expert to do it properly is definitely going to pay off in the end um you know even for someone i'll give you an example you know someone just start, starting a job 18 19 doesn't have a cent to their name to their name <coughs> sorry but um you know they might have a super fund that has life insurance in it so when they pass away their estate might be worth you know 250 half a million dollars because life insurance is paid out so where's that money going to go if you don't have your will done so there are sometimes some assets that that you don't realise you're going to have, um, you know, once it comes to that time. Yeah.
1: yeah, right. So for anyone working out there as a young person in agriculture, I suppose they wouldn't even know maybe their super had life insurance attached to it. Like I wouldn't, I don't know that I might go check this after the episode. Yeah, so that's mate. a pretty good element yeah. to have a look at because um, that's the age bracket. The biggest age bracket for the podcast is 25 to 35. So I suppose yeah. that's quite good advice. Make sure you do have something pen to paper, um, and have a look. Go to the experts and see how you can work it into your own scenario.
0: Yeah, and you and your your life's changing a heap during that age time. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. You know, you might start out as a single bloke. Um. You just really got it going to your mum and dad, and then things might get serious with your partner or something like that. You got to make sure. That you're really going to take care of them. You know, you might not be married or anything yet, but maybe you want to take care of them anyway. So, yeah, you want to make sure that those assets are going to go to the people you want them to go to.
1: Yeah, definitely. Couldn't agree anymore. But what happens if you're not, if you don't die, or but you're seriously
0: injured? Yep. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so you're talking about a situation where you you know, you're pretty much incapacitated, but you're still alive. Yeah. um there there are other things out there um that you can do in conjunction with your will so you've probably heard of enduring power of attorneys or power of attorneys that's where you can sort of do one up um have someone that you trust that you have to trust them, trust them because it does give them a bit of power um that can make financial decisions for you um yeah. <laughs> they're quite important because you know if you can imagine the um the the main business participant let's say something happens to them and they, they're on all the signatories at the bank and all that sort of stuff if you don't have an EPA um, potentially your business can freeze and you know you can't pay your creditors and all that sort of stuff because no one can access the bank details so you know you need to get those EPAs in place um, so EPA is effectively for financial decisions you also have um, an enduring power of guardianship and that sort of is for your lifestyle decisions so so if you're you know if you have an accident or something jack um you know you need someone to make decisions on whether they're going to put you in a home or whatever the case might be that's what that gives them the right to do that and another one out there i don't know if this this is for wa anyway is it an an advanced health directive so that's sort of the one you can do with your gp and it just gives you gives them an, an idea of what you want from your own health state so if you're you know, if you're in a permanent vegetable state or something like that, um, it takes a decision out of your loved one's hands and, and advises what you were, you would want to do um, if that situation arose. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. So, I, su- mm.
1: I suppose it's a bit of an afterthought you're waiting until like, if your parents had dementia, most people would probably think of it like that, but until, until you come up to that scenario, you're not going to know when it is and how it will impact you. So maybe just even nominating someone to take care of your oh, financials as a young person.
0: That's it, mate. I mean, you can't do it when it's too late. You got to be um, you got to have the mental capacity to make the decision. Um, Cause if you are say um, you know, dementia or whatever the case might be by the time that happens, it's too late and they won't actually let you put one in place. Well, it's a lot more of a extreme process to try and get one in place after the fact. Yeah, and if you don't, what does happen to your assets? <clears throat> if if you don't get one done and you're still um, and you're still going along, it differs a little bit from state to state. But um, my understanding is you, you basically got to go to the court system to the state of arbitration and all that and those two, um to get a guardian um, in place so that they can make those calls, which is a um, which is a, lot, a much more costly process and drawn out process than simply getting a document signed up in the first place while, while everything's good yeah. yeah
1: absolutely and no one wants to get drawn through court for unneeded sort of reasons yeah. it's a great sort of yeah. wrap up of what we're trying to achieve on this podcast about estate planning and how we can improve our approach to it just to even getting the start um, as a wrap up yeah, ryan man. for like knowing your assets what are they and where are they um, that's probably the first point we raised um, for young farmers and older farmers, especially to get yeah. started on their estate planning.
0: Yeah, I've got some takeaway points written down here, mate, and you pretty much nailed it. I said, um, you know, know where assets are held. Are they individual names? Are they joint names? Are they held jointly versus tenants in common? Is it held by a trust? Are they held by a company? You know what I mean? Um, you know, know how these assets are going to be passed on. And are they going to be inside or outside your will? So yep. the will will cover off on some, but it won't cover off on everything. Um, can any of these transfers been done prior to death? So if you're worried that the will might be challenged or you know that you, you don't want to wait for people to pass away, have a look into the, um, you know, the, the issues involved with getting things transferred prior to that point. Um, then I've got, yeah, like you said, what protections can you put in place while you're alive? Your EPAs, EPGs, always up trust, update your trust deed, you know, life insurance, TPD, accident and illness insurance, all those things. Um, <clears throat> all those things are important while you're still alive. And, um, you know, things are changing. People are living longer. Uh, generations have different expectations And farmland values are making people's assets, you know, very disproportionate as a whole. I mean, we know that the values are going up, but maybe the returns aren't rising to the same level. Um, But when it comes to splitting asset values, the courts, you know, especially when it comes to blended families, might not see it the same way. So, yeah, there are definitely some issues out there, mate.
1: Yeah, mate, fantastic. Thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your knowledge about estate planning and how we should go about it as farmers across Australia. I was listening to a podcast today. It was like titled Farming Essentials. It went about the management of how a farm should be running, but it didn't talk anything about estate planning. So I think this yeah. is a farming essential to get started. Um, it's actually, once you do do it, you don't have to think about it all the time, and then you can just up go in, update it every so often yeah. just to keep... Um, yourself happy and those around you are in the know yep. of what you're doing.
0: Spot on, Jack. I think, uh, I think uh, early intervention, making sure everyone knows what's what's going on. And um, like you say, once you do it, just come back and um, <coughs> sorry, just come back and touch base every now and then and make sure the plan's still in place and it's going to work to what you want.
1: Yep. yep. Beautiful. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, Ryan. For the beyond the tax return, who's going to be joining us next up on the funds Buzz podcast. <coughs>
0: Okay, so um, yeah, I'm gonna nominate Brant Brant Jansen. He uh, he works in the office with me here in Northern, um, which is roughly 100k's east of Perth. In case you guys were wondering, is he's, he's well, we're gonna call ourselves young still. I think he's uh, he's sort of 38. I think I'm 36, so we're getting up there a little bit. Um, but now look, he's a great source of knowledge on a lot of different topics, and um, he'll have some good stories for you as well, for sure.
1: Beautiful, mate. Can't wait. You actually get some really good feedback from the Byfields series. So it's going really well. Thank you for being a part of it. For yourself at Byfields, how can we get in touch for your services for WA and wider?
0: Yeah, mate. Uh, we've got the website up. So www.byfields.com.au and, um, and if anyone's looking to contact us directly at Northam um, 0896213200, give us a call. That'll be fine.
1: Thank you. Hopefully, you got a pen and paper there lined up as well. And all the links will be up in the show notes. Thanks for coming on, mate. We'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in and listening to a pretty important topic when it comes to Australian agriculture. Setting, setting yourself up and those around you, It's really important on-farm. Things can happen. A lot does change within the industry that we work in, as you may well know. So, hope you really have got something out of this episode. Um, It was quite good for myself, so hopefully it was really good for you as well. As we lead in to talk about the difficult situations and scenarios that can come up within agriculture, that's what we're tackling on the Farmswise podcast, and I can't thank Byfield's team enough in helping me do that. They're the experts and I allow them just to run away with the topic. Um, They really own it which is great to see but thanks for coming on Ryan and we'll be sure to keep in touch further down the line. Now if you did like this episode please help us in growing the podcast and also for it to reach other farmers across Australia. The more farmers that this episode reaches the more Progressive will be as an industry. So I'm really looking forward to this podcast growing, but I'm also more looking forward to your own farm growing. No need to scale out if you don't need to, but just to optimise what you're doing now. Optimise the land that you're working with, and that will lead into creating a sustainable yet profitable farm. No worries. Until next week, I'll see you on Tuesday. Keep on farming. Thank you so much for sticking around on the Farms Advice podcast. If you'd like to get to know the community of Farms Advice and connect with others out there in the industry, make sure that you join the Farms Advice Australia Facebook group. Just search it on Facebook. In the search bar, just type in Farms Advice Australia and connect and join there and we'll accept you. Let us know where you're from and if you want, even sign up for the newsletter that comes out, Farmers Only Newsletter. Until next time, we'll see you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.